oh my god 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 <laughs> i just have to say i did read one chapter from air of fire before recording this because i needed to get back into my excited state and boy let me tell you it was the perfect chapter now i need to give a warning there will be spoilers there will indeed be spoilers along the way of this podcast episode so if you too are not on chapter 38 aka page 328 of the book air of fire from the throne of glass series i have also read the assassin's blade okay i read it throne of glass crown of midnight assassin's blade and air of fire and i'm only on chapter 38 of air of fire and i will be talking about everything that i have read along the way everything that has made me cry everything that has made me gasp everything that has made me clutch my pearls i will be talking about it and so if you are not ready for these spoilers i need you to stop here and come back to this podcast episode when you are that far along Let's get into this because I have thoughts, I have feelings, I have emotions. Girl, it's about to get deep. Welcome back to the Distracting Please podcast. I'm your host, Brianna Silva, and today I'm here by myself to talk about the Throne of Glass series because when I tell you, if you have not started the Throne of Glass series, then let me just say, this right here is your intro to go pick it up okay if you're okay with spoilers then listen through this if not let me give you the summary before you turn this off basically throne of glass is about an assassin who is in search of meaning in her life i guess you can say technically she has found that meaning being an assassin but she is an assassin because the king of Otterland has completely conquered the continent they are on. He is now king of everywhere, okay? Think of it along the line of of Game of Thrones. I almost called it Throne of Games. Ooh, ba- ooh that's a good title. Throne of Games? Mm. Send me my check if you use that. Send me my check. But think of it along the lines of Game of Thrones, okay? You know, there's all these different, you know, kings and queens of certain lands and lords and all these things across different lands, okay? But on the same continent, okay, this king has conquered the entire continent by force. He went through and he killed everybody in his way, specifically people wielding magic. He completely got rid of magic in the land and no one knows how he did it, but suddenly he made a decree no magic and magic ended so that is it and you will literally be beheaded if you are caught talking about magic trying to use magic experimenting with magic anything along the lines of anything magical you will be caught down to the fact that some girl was paid to perform for him and he beheaded her because she sang of magic now that is your little intro it's a fantasy book it's a young adult fantasy book and i highly recommend the read because again i can only compare it to game of thrones game of thrones is the closest thing you'll come to this i have not read the game of thrones books and honestly 
this series is so good that it makes me want to read the Game of Thrones books. But it's by Sarah J. Mass, and it has really taken off with a cult following. And honestly, oh my god. Okay, as I was saying, there's a raven in the sky. It's either a raven or a wyvern. Listen, I'm going to be mispronouncing everything, okay? And its shadow is a dragon. And I know people keep telling me that this book is where you see dragons. So that's that. It's, it's literally a young adult fantasy book. And I highly, 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 so highly recommend. Like literally grab a cup of matcha, open the book. Don't start from Assassin's Blade. Okay, because technically it's like Star Wars, how Star Wars has chronological like time within the universe of Star Wars, or you can watch it in released, like the release time. And that's kind of how this book goes, kind of. There's only like two books that are out of, or out of order. So like order, the reading order does matter. Do not read Assassin's Blade first. And the only time you should read Assassin's Blade first is if you are literally rereading the series because Assassin's Blade will not make sense to you and you will not understand why it is the saddest book in the series if you read it first. To my understanding, everyone who has finished it has claimed it's the saddest book in the series. And I really hope that's where it ends because the entire book from start to finish is nothing but heartbreak. Now, starting with Throne of Glass. Throne of Glass was my opener, okay? Throne of Glass opened up to, this is where spoilers come in. Throne of Glass opened up with Selena coming out as a slave, right? Someone plucked her. We know she's strong because she's like, I'm so used to having so many people surrounding me when they're dragging me along caves and stuff. But this guy, he's in a cloaked hood. I can't see him. Who is this guy? Oh, there's a royal sigil on his a cloak and why is he trying to zigzag me through this entire building like sir I already marked down exactly where we're going she's trying to egg him on you know and then next thing you know the doors open and she's in front of the crown prince and that's where he's like clean her up we're going somewhere and she's like huh and he's like you're gonna go fight to be my dad's champion and if you win you will get your freedom and she's just like huh and so off they go, okay? And she is traveling. Now, I remember when this scene, when I first saw this scene, I could not stop thinking about it and I was waiting for it to come back because it was such a small moment, but it was one of those moments where you knew it would become bigger. There's not a lot of magic in Throne of Glass, which is the first book. There's not a lot of depictions of magic. Magic kicks up starting from book two and it doesn't end at all i think the book with the least amount of magic is literally assassin's blade because throne of glass has a bit of magic but assassin's blade has like no magic at all from yeah assassin's blade has no magic but air of fire oh baby they took magic and they said oh yeah remember how this is all about like a kingdom without magic and like this is supposed to be a magical kingdom okay let's talk about it like magic gets turned up in air of fire but in Throne of Glass, the very beginning inklings of magic is they're crossing through the forest. And this is where I thought magic would start to explode because my roommate who has already completed the series when I started this, she had already completed Throne of Glass series, the Akatar series, and now she's reading the Crescent series. She's reading Fourth Wing. Like we have been bookie besties and we've been chugging along together. Um, she did tell me like, hey, this is a very magical series, very magical fantasy. Like 
let's just see if you like it. And I was like, cool. And I honestly picked up Throne of Glass and finally listened to her recommendation because I just needed something to ignore life because I, I, I spend too much time in my head thinking about life. And literally I was watching a video about like what to do with depression and anxiety and like how to stop these like thoughts which I'm starting to find out that some people can be diagnosed with OCD is in the sense of like how their mind works like their mind thinks of a thought and then reels it in and does not let that go and they'll just like sit and marinate on that thought all day and I'm like damn that is so me but literally like one of the things um Anna Akana by the way on YouTube she was just like honestly or was it Anna Akana's video damn I don't know it was a YouTube video though that I was watching about therapy because I was just like dog I need to feel better why don't I feel better I hate my life my life sucks da, 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 da. and literally one of the options were just like meditating you know go outside touch grass and one of the things was literally like fill your day with stuff to do one of the reasons you ruminate on how sucky your life is be is because you have the time to do it that literally might be why you're depressed and let me just say I was gagged when that video said that because truly I was like damn you know, typically when people are like this harsh and are just like, it's kind of your fault while you're depressed, it typically doesn't rain true. You know, there's a bunch of other things that lead to depression and anxiety. But that was one of the reasons, those are one of the reasons, what? That was one of the times where I truly thought it was right. Truly was like, no, seriously, I think I just have the time to ruminate on my thoughts. That's why I'm like sad and anxious, like to the extreme. It hasn't left, but it was extreme. And so I was like, I need to start filling my day with other things to do because I sit there, I listen to music, music helps. But I, after some time, I'm done with music and I like watch content. I listen to content and the content isn't helping because I'm someone who's trying to create my life to where my career revolves around social media. And so when you want your career to revolve around social media and you're binging content of people who who are already successful in social media and talk about it like not necessarily like bragging or you know but it's a part of their life so they talk about it especially because I want to be in the lifestyle like that it eats you up inside so then I started reading books and then I started reading um self-help books Self-help reminded me too much of my life. So I went to her because I knew she was reading a bunch of fantasy. And I said, give me something that's going to make me forget I exist. I need to escape. I'm tired of sitting here and thinking about the real world. I need to think about something else. Because if I think about my life, I'm going to continue to go down a deep, dark path of depression thoughts. And I will slip right back into hopeless depression. And she handed me Throne of Glass and said, this is the best escape you'll ever feel in your life. She is such a liar. I have cried. This book has officially made me cry. And sometimes the pain is so much... I don't even want to cry. Now, back to the point where I said this where I, this is where I thought would be the turning point. So, Selena is being she is traveling with heavy heavy chains around her because she is known as the Otterlin assassin, okay? Again, I'm going to mispronounce so many words in this podcast, but I need you to bear with me. She has been called Otterlin's assassin, right? And it is because she has an extensive kill list of how many people she have killed. She has killed in the continent, right? And they're tracking her along. They have her chained. And she's talking about the forest and how her family knows of the forest and her she's heard tales of this magical forest. She stays away from it. It's not her cup of tea. She doesn't go sip, sip forest tea, okay? Um, 
but they start to camp overnight and set up tent in the forest. And she's like, she can feel, she can feel there's a shift in energies in the forest. And I was like, cool, 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 cool. So she's in her tent and she wakes up to flowered footprints and flowers all around her. And again, magic's illegal. And so when she wakes up and she sees these flowered footprints and flowers surrounding her where there's a perfect imprint of someone who has laid out flowers around her, she ripped it up. And she, I think she specifically says like they're little fairy footprints of flowers. And she just rips up all the flowers and she gets rid of it and she hopes no one saw. And that's where I thought magic was going to blossom and we we're going to start to see some crazy things happening, but we don't. We don't see magic blossom. That was actually a little foreshadow moment of what was to come. And actually this book, Air of Fire, Air of Fire is actually when they explain that. And honestly, we're going to skip right to it because this is my podcast. So an Air of Fire, she mentions, nope, you know what? We're, we're going to go down. I'll connect it later. So I actually never connect it later, so I'm going to connect it now. She says that these little fairies, every time she's around, still gift her with things, still give her flowers, bring her fish, just anything, like any food or something, because they know who she is. And even though she gave up that part of herself a long time ago, they still honor her for who she is because they know what's in her blood. And I, y'all, Sarah J. Mass, amazing. She also needs therapy. Because she shouldn't have written a book as sad as Assassin's Blade. And I stand on that. So they get to the castle. You know, things are happening. Love stories are brewing. At first, I wanted her with Dorian. And I was like, oh, that's going to be so cute. And they're going to have such a cute little love story of, like, the crown prince with Otterlin's assassin. But it just doesn't work out. Like, literally, Selena gets crowned King Cha King's champion. And I was like, mm, never mind. I don't want to be with you. And I... <laughs> she literally was like so in love with him she wanted him she wanted to be with him and then just went yeah never mind like girl what like a girl what and then i after some time i was like i want her to be with kaol i need her to be with kaol because something about kaol westfall which is actually the guy who pulled her out the cave with the royal sigil on his cloak he's captain of the guard king's guard that is he he was just giving the energy I needed him to give. He put his title first. He put his job first. And even though we know it's to this evil king who's destroyer of lands, I appreciated it because to me, Dorian was a little 13-year-old boy who was like, no matter what, possibilities are endless for us. We could be whatever we want to be. We can be in love, Selena. I love you, Selena. We're going to be together. And I was just like, no <laughs> no <laughs> no like what your dad hated her your dad literally hated her so much that he banished her to become a slave that is how much your dad hated her instead of killing her once she was captured just went yeah you're a slave now like literally selena didn't even want to look your dad in the eyes she's so terrified of this king and you're telling me that you're suddenly 
going to be like, Selena, you're the love of my life and we're going to be together forever and I don't care, but we're going to figure it out and we're going to be together. Like, stop. You're acting like a 13 year old boy who's just going through puberty and his first love for the first time. I need him to stop, especially because he's known as the player of the kingdom. He's known for getting his way with any woman he wants. And he is just the like literally Prince F boy. And suddenly this assassin is who you want and you're going to spend the rest of your life with. Please be so bodaciously for real. Sit down. That's not how this works. And you have to realize that there is a price for your love. But Kaol, Kaol was like, nope, that's my best friend. I'm not even trying that. She's an assassin. We're on the complete opposite sides. That is crossing a line that I refuse to cross. But I can't acknowledge there is something nice about her. And just kept about his days. Kept about his endless days just going bloop, 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 bloop. Like... I love her, but don't really care. And then I think my favorite part about these books is there is not an emphasis on the love, okay? There is not an emphasis on the romance. Everything is very much, I, I'm going through this, I'm an assassin, I'm competing in the king's championship competition, I'm doing this. Oh yeah, by the way, there's a few feel there's a few people I have feelings for. Like the romance is not the foundation of this book, it's the action. And I have always said I am not a romance girly because I just personally think romance and books can get very very cringy, and so that's why I never liked it. But honestly, I'm not going to lie because of how much I love the romance in this book because the romance is built off of action and very powerful people. I kind of want to read a smut book. I want a very smut book. Like I, I want a little romance in my life in some books. And so I think I'm going to end up reading Akatar after this, because if I'm not mistaken, I think my roommate was telling me that Akatar is very much more romance heavy. And so their romance is not really talked about, but you know, it starts to flourish. And so throughout her time, the all the king's champ, like the competitors of the king's champions competition, they're living in the castle and they start dropping off one by one by one. Now, Selena starts to investigate. Here's the thing that pisses me off. OK, why the f meow did K all go from I hate you. Hey, can you help me on this case? Meow. What? What? How did we go from I hate you? Hey, yo, uh, I can't solve this case. Help me. Like, be bodaciously for real. Like, please be bodaciously for real. So she sets off to help the captain. Okay, and honestly, the book is so slow. And I'm like, really thinking back on it, the I didn't have much thoughts. Or the few thoughts that I had was very much answered by the following books, right? And so, like, first of all, this Elena the Queen, Elena the Queen coming and like appearing to her in her at first a dream and suddenly she's like looking at the eye of Elena in her hand, the amulet and bro, like that, that was iconic when she was like, oh, it was just a dream and then she woke up and she was like, but why is the necklace in my hand if it was just a dream and why is the door slightly ajar? Like that iconic and I love that especially me I am someone who believes in dreams I am someone who believes that dreams have meanings and sometimes your dreams warn you of things and let me just say this 
If you are this far into the podcast episode and you haven't subscribed, rated, or reviewed this podcast, or went and stalked me on my social media accounts that are always in the show notes, that is a criminal offense. Like, you will literally be arrested by the FBI if you don't go follow me and follow this podcast and rate this podcast and review this podcast. Criminal offense. Criminal offensive side eye. That was ghetto. But it is. It is a crime. It's against the law. You just broke the law. Congratulations. You're a felon. Did you not just hear me say go follow me, rate, and review the podcast? Like, damn, you are so hard-headed. I, oh my gosh. Like, literally, there's a story. I actually need to go find that YouTube. Actually, I don't know if I can watch that YouTube channel again. Uh, my anxiety is too bad to really be tuned into horror things recently because I'm just like I just sit there and I will just sit on those thoughts of the movies the tv shows the videos and I'll let it brew to the point where it can literally send me into a full-blown panic attack but there's an old video that I watched of some kid who falls asleep and her dad was like hey don't open the door or whatever but like here's food like you'll be good I'll be back I'm just going to work late I'll be home like you know, late in the night. And so this kid falls asleep. This is a YouTube video, right? This is an old myth or whatever, or it could be real, who knows. But it's from one of my, it's from a YouTube channel that I used to love watching of some girl telling stories. But it's coming back to the whole why I think dreams are important. But basically, this little girl falls asleep on the couch. And as she's asleep, she sees her parents appear in her dream. And her dad is like yelling at her in the dream. And she said it was like across from like a bit like across the street. It was a busy street. But she can hear her dad screaming, don't open the door. Don't open the door. She was like, what, dad? I can't hear. He was like, don't open the door. And she was like, what? Why Why can't I open the door? And just a very strange dream. But her dad comes to her in her dream and is like, hey, don't open the door. I need you to do me a favor and do not open the door no matter what, like for no reason. And she just went, okay. And then she awoke from her dream from the doorbell ringing and so she just kind of jumps up out of her dream this is starting to make my chest feel weird so she jumps up out of her sleep and she's like what and she realized she fell asleep on the couch the tv's on she has popcorn in front of her and the doorbell rings again she checks the time it's three in the morning past the time or around the time it was either past the time or around the time her dad should have been back from work and she looks through the peephole and she sees it's her dad's face, but he kind of has like a shocked expression look and he's just ringing the doorbell. She's just like, dad, hey, like, why are you ringing the doorbell? Like, do you not have the key? Did you get locked out? And he's not answering her. He just rings the doorbell again. She's like, dad, like, why are you not answering me? Like, I can see you. Like, do you need me to open the door for you? And so she was about to open the door and was like, she remembered her dream and was like, dad, dad. And she just started screaming. And now she's just like, dad, why aren't you answering me? The like doorbell ringing gets more intense. And so she just like starts crying. She loses it. And this little girl falls asleep in front of the door. The next morning she wakes up and she realizes that she fell asleep crying to like the aggressive like doorbell ringing. And it, it just happened for so long that she just fell asleep by the door again. And when she woke up, she looked through the peephole and she sees her dad's face again. And she was just like, what the actual f meow is this? And so, oh my God, I'm cussing. So she's like, what the absolute hell is this? She opens the door and her dad is hanging in front of the door. And she calls the cops screaming. And that's when she found out 
that there was a killer on the loose in her neighborhood. And as her dad was like about to enter the house, the killer got him and killed him and hung his face in front of the people. So that way, when the doorbell rang, she would open the door thinking it was her dad because she saw the face when in reality the killer wanted to kill her and her dad came to her in her dream warning her don't open the door for any reason and I even if that's a fictional story that is how I believe many dreams go which is why I love that this book and it happens again throughout the series this series plays on people coming into certain characters dreams to give them a message and I live for that and that there's just such a special place in my heart because there's been a few things in my life that I like got the messages from my dream like had someone come to me in a dream and give me that message and so that is why I like I li I just live for when that like plays into a story a movie because I don't something about that I don't, something about that is just so special to me. And so knowing that like Selena had a moment where she finds this like secret doorway, she goes down the hallway, she sees this tomb for the first queen of Otterlin, which we find out to be a fey woman who married a mortal human man. And they were laid side by side in the castle. Um, and like nothing else happened. She just waddles up back the stairs and you know, goes back to her room and was like, okay, that's a cool tomb. But then her dream is literally like the queen, like in her dream, she's in the tomb and the queen is telling her like, hey, you got to protect yourself. You must become king's champion. Here's my amulet to save yourself. I don't have much time. There are people coming through portals to come and get you. There's an evil falling over this kingdom and you need to change that. And then all of a sudden, like something like comes for the queen. So Selena just starts running and she bursts through the door of her bedroom and like the queen holds off whatever evil it was and she's just like shivering and she like jumps up from her sleep and was like oh that was just a dream that can't be real that's so weird but she feels the necklace in her hand and I I lost it I lost it and the second time that happened is actually in crown of midnight where oh yeah the other thing that just like sets me up Selena wins king champion if you can't if you haven't figured that out yet right <sighs> they killed Nehemia and throne of glass that first book they killed her and i'm sorry i'm calling it nehemia from what we understood was the only black woman in that castle okay from our understanding she was the only black woman in that castle why was why was she killed off first all those white people roaming that castle and okay you know what she wasn't killed off first because the king's champions were all white and they were dropping like flies because there was some creature killing them which we later find out to be that the king like there was a certain competitor who kept getting stronger and stronger by the day and everyone's like damn why is he getting so strong why is he moving so fast like everyone was just like man this man's gonna win and like that's scary and next thing you know selena's like down in the dungeon just like looking around and we're like oh Oh, it's Kane. Oh, oh, he's using some form of magic. Oh, interesting. And then he was like, oh, crap. Yeah. Hey, I've been summoning this demon dog to kill people. And when he kills people for me, I get their powers. And so I get to be just as strong and fast and smart as them. And well, you weren't supposed to be the person killed tonight. So I'm just going to go ahead and close you in and leave you here. And then Selena's like, what the hell, what the hell, what the hell? And then before the queen was like, hey, the answers are going to be on your right. She's like, what do you mean it's going to be on my right? Next thing you know, as she's like running from this creature, she's able to burst the door, get out of the locked door. She runs to the tomb, gets what's on her right, a weapon, a weapon she didn't have. She uses the weapon, kills the creature. 
And before then, she was also doing like this little poison test to become King's champion. And like she could not fail this test um, because you would have to drink it. And if you get it wrong, it was literally from like most poisonous to like no poison at all in the cups. And you're supposed to drink the cup that you believe to be is water and all the other cups would have poison. And so she's like, um, I don't know. This is the one poison that always gets me. Like one looks like regular water. One looks like a regular wine of glass. Like I'm I mean, a wine of glass, a regular glass of wine. Like, I'm so confused. Looks to her right. What does she see? Someone helping her cheat, trying to tell her which poison is like, which glass is poison and which glass is just like normal drinks. And she was like, oh, thanks. Like literally both times the answers were on her right. Like this book, Sarah J. Mass is so good at just foreshadowing the smallest things, putting in the slightest details. Like you will literally feel like a detective with this book series which i thoroughly enjoy because i am someone who is so able to easily guess what's going to happen and so yeah so she runs she kills the creatures da, 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 da. this competitor um it it becomes a whole thing basically she ends up on the battlefield with him someone poisons him she's like oh my gosh watch me win this championship next thing you know she's like poisoned by by caltane who we just all hate and then we feel sorry for her we honestly feel sorry for her she, we later find out she's been manipulated by the queen by giving her this certain ring which we believe might be the word keys but the word keys are just like the keys to life y'all remember that little rock that little green pebble that was for like all life forms in moana yeah that's what the word keys are in this like <laughs> like controls all life you're allowed to like build life and da -da 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 and change life and manipulate life and mm. so that's why people wanted the heart of tafiti takiti to tahiti damn what was that girl's name whatever you know what i'm talking about from moana if you see moana okay that's what these word keys are they're literally three rocks that can control life so um yeah so the king's controlling people using these rings and we believe they might be pieces of the word key so and they cause vicious headaches and we know that there's a lot of people in the king's circle that are getting a lot of vicious headaches and when you start to look around the room a lot of these people have those rings on their finger so yeah, so Kane, one of the king's champions, uh, he gets Caltane to poison her. Well, technically, Kane's uh, sponsor gets Caltane to poison Kane. I mean, gets Caltane to poison Selena. And so she poisons her. And literally on the battlefield, she's like, oh, well, why is the room spinning? My vision's blurry. And he just starts beating her and literally purposely torturing her because he just wanted to make it a slow death just to like prove he was the best. But then to make it worse, like out of nowhere, like all these demons start clawing for her. And because she's the one who's poisoned, no one can see these demons coming out of the clock tower. And it just looks like she's just like talking to herself and thrashing about on the battlefield and everyone's just like what's happening he he girly she did she did a little line of some what what is wrong with her this is supposed to be the champion like is this your king like type of energy and so um next thing you know the queen elena who gave her the amulet amulet runs out okay of this clock tower and is just like pew 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 in this warrior suit and she was like you were also a warrior and elena's like yeah no one ever talked about it slays off these demons nehemia our our lovely lovely nehemia starts drawing these little symbols in the ground helping her basically selena wins like this what is it this whatever she she puts cane on his booty I'm gonna be honest, I don't even know what word I'm trying to say. Literally the next day, 
Still don't know what word I was trying to say. Don't know what point I was trying to make. But yes, she does bring Kang down. And then Kane tries to kill her. And then Kale goes, no, I'll save her. And then Kale is like, oh my God, I killed somebody. Even though it's like, yo, this was an evil guy who literally was about to kill the woman of your dreams. You had to murder him. He was like, I killed somebody. I'm no better than Selena is the assassin who killed all these people. And everyone's just like, shut up. Shut up, Kale. That's like, Kale is very much like you have to ebb and flow with his energy because like sometimes you love him sometimes you don't so yes selena wins king gives her a contract like you can have all the money in the world you'll have your freedom in four years of serving me but anytime i give you a target you will kill them without question she's like cool okay okay we get to and that's when she tells dorian hey now that i'm your dad's champion this isn't happening peace next book she's in love with his best friend she loses her virginity to him they're in love they're like woo we love each other next thing you know nehemia dies nehemia dies and we find out that nehemia basically orchestrated her entire death excuse me she orchestrated her death we later find out that she orchestrated her death and i <laughs> nehemia like literally like what also mort appears in crown of midnight Mort is literally a door knocker. He's just a skull door knocker that starts talking. And honestly, they should have respected him more because homeboy was spitting facts. He was spitting bars and they literally always cut him off and was like, uh, nope, nope, nope. We don't want to talk to you. We don't even want to hear the information you said. Although sometimes he was literally being a little cunt. I'll say it. He was being a cunt because Selena would be like, is this the answer to the riddle? And he would be like, you're not asking the right questions. What? What? what what like so sometimes mort was annoying but justice for mort our magical king yeah so then nehemia dies and it turns out like the king was like hey there's been an anonymous threat to nehemia's life just protect her and carol's like where's the threat coming from and honestly i thought the threat com came from the king i thought the king was going to kill nehemia because nehemia this entire time has been like i'm gonna take this king down and i'm gonna free my people because the entire time the king is like hey let's make a bigger slave cave in Ilway where Nehemia is from, like literally where uh, Nehemia is princess of those lands. And we're just gonna keep enslaving all her people of those lands. And she's like, no, like she's she's literally fighting for her people. She will fight to the death for her people. So I thought it was the king and I was like, Kale's so stupid. Cause he's like, I'm not gonna tell Selena. What if this is a test to see my loyalty to him? Like I'm not telling anyone. Next thing you know, these rebels capture Kale, not once, but twice. I'm sorry, captain of the guard and you get captured by the same rebel group twice. He gets captured by them the second time in era fire. I'm sorry, just take his sword. Take his sword, take his title. He does not need to be captain of the guard. How do you get captured by the same rebel group twice, roughly in the same way? The first time they sneak up behind him, put what I'm just gonna assume is chloroform over his mouth, and then he wakes up in their dungeons. The second time, he's stalking Selena's cousin. Yeah, Selena's cousin, who which, by the way, we find out end of crown of midnight <laughs> she has three different names i'm not even going to ruin that one for you i'm not ruining that for you because if you're like me who doesn't care about spoilers and you're listening to this podcast episode i'm not spoiling that part for you i need you to feel the same <gasps> i felt when i read that last line of crown of midnight but yeah, anyways, he gets captured by the same rebel group. Sneak up behind him, put a dagger in his side. Okay, all same rebel group, two times. He deserves to die, and I stand by that. 
again like i said you got to ebb and flow with kale oh my god i need to stop recording because i actually have a call at six o'clock and it is 5 56 but i will continue apparently i was trying to say i'll continue later but then i just continued on before i had to exit so like here's that audio because why but yeah like i was saying so kale gets captured by the rebel group twice first of all but we find out in the first time he's captured selena comes through and she is cutting people down okay left and right slaughtering them just and they're like wait this is a misunderstanding and she's like huh and they were like actually the king's killing nahemia right now and we wanted to prove to you that kale is the reason for this because like the king let him know that someone was going to kill him there's anonymous threat to her life and he didn't tell you and she's just like what and kale's like oops gulp and so selena literally on foot runs back to the castle throws open the door and sees that she was like brutally slaughtered in her bedroom and selena breaks and she turns around she goes to kill kale after they had all this lovely moments like literally the best of the best love story is between Selena and Kale, and I stand by that. And I'm so tired of seeing TikToks that are like, ha, 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 when people are trying to figure out if if they like Dorian and Selena or Kale and Selena. It's a canon event. And if you don't know what a canon event is, a canon event is an event. It's from Spider-Man, okay? The most recent Spider-Man movie, there's this thing called canon events where... It is something tragic that happens in your life that needs to happen. It's one of those moments that literally need to happen to keep the peace in the universe and to let like the timeline flow the way it needs to. You know it's tragic, but there's nothing you can do to stop it. And you shouldn't stop it because it needs to happen in your life. You need you need this tragedy to happen. And so they keep saying like, oh yeah, this Dorian and Kale, like literally the like love triangle, you need to battle it out because it's your canon event. And I, they can all F off, okay? Because I'm still team Kale. Oh my God, it's about to be six o'clock. As soon as I see six, I need to put the mic down. And then once I finish the call, I'm kind of happy that I get to come back to this because I'm kind of nervous for this call and I actually wish I could take a shot of something. I need to realize that like, it's just because I care, okay? Anxiety just means you care y'all it's literally like a one minute countdown i have the pee now anyone else a nervous peer when i was on the when i was on drill team right before we would like go out to perform i would always have to pee because i was nervous like we'd be backstage i'll be fine the second it's that call to be like okay and on deck is uh blah 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 jeanette dance team i would literally just instantly be like i have to pee as soon as i finish performing i don't have to pee anymore i was just scared so I had to pee. It's kind of like a dog. When they get too excited, they pee. Or if they're too nervous, they'll pee. Yeah, that's me. Nervous peer here. Okay, I need to go send that message at 6 o'clock. So it's a couple hours later. And I do have a confession. I'm potentially getting a tattoo today. These are my confessions. Just when I thought I said all I could say, my chick on the side says she got one on the way. My confessions, man, I'm thawed and I don't know what to do. I guess I gotta give part to my confessions. I got that tattoo and it's on my butt. It's really pretty, but it hurt a lot. I'm so thawed, I don't know what to do, but to give part to my confessions. 
And I think I will. Okay, not even potentially. I'm getting a tattoo today. <laughs> There's a tattoo parlor here that's having a discount on tattoos. After I had that meeting phone call, it went wonderful, by the way. I was truly panicking for no reason. But after I got that phone call, damn near cried when I got that phone call. Found out there's a discount on tattoos happening. It's the gumball machines. And my favorite tattoo on my body is the spontaneous one. And, okay, I know there's this whole thing about, like, tattoos should have meaning. But genuinely, I think my favorite ones on my body are the ones that don't have meaning because I don't relate it back to anything, you know? Like like I said, my favorite one is a flash tattoo that I got from Friday the 13th. Like, you know how all tattoo parlors do, like, discounts and stuff? Unless they're, like, really bougie and only have, like, celebrity clients, they might not. But that's my favorite tattoo on my body, genuinely, is this random, spontaneous, cheap tattoo. I think it's the prettiest because it's just very much like I walked in, went... I'm getting you and just placed it on my body so I'm gonna do that again this time getting a smaller tattoo that can be hidden because yeah mother doesn't need to know but back to what I was saying I don't know where I left off before I had that phone call and right now I'm waiting for another alarm to go off aka my birth control alarm that goes off in two minutes so moving forward I'm gonna be better at choosing times to record when absolutely nothing's interrupting me and I will be putting my phone on do not disturb the entire time so I cannot see any messages or anything but right now you know what I'm gonna go ahead and do that right now I can keep track of the time on my laptop but it's three hours later two and a half hours later it's two and a half hours later okay back to where I was saying so I don't remember where I left off, so I'm just going to talk about my favorite part, or my favorite parts, and we're just going to skip through it, because I realize I'm making this longer than I needed to. Okay, so, where are we? Uh, okay, you know what, I want to go back to listen to what I was talking about last. Do I really? Now this going to be the hardest thing I think I ever had to do. Got me talking to myself, asking how I'm going to tell you. About that chick on part one I told y'all I was creeping with, creeping with. Said she's three months pregnant and she's keeping it. The first thing that came to mind was you. Second thing was how do I know if it's mine and is it true? Third thing. Okay, I went back and listened. And the last thing I was talking about was how the whole Dorian and K-all love triangle. Okay, K-all ebbs and flows, okay? Honestly, my prediction with K-all is that sooner or later, homie is going to make a decision that he thinks is going to benefit everyone, that he thinks is going to be in the benefit of everyone, especially him and Selena and their love, and it's going to completely backfire. And I say that because remember how he said he got captured by rebel groups twice? The same rebel group, too? Oh, yeah, the whole rebel group thing. Bro, yeah, um, it was so funny. It was so funny. I'm sorry. So Nehemia dies, and when she dies, Selena turns around and is like, I'm killing Kaol. And we're just like, no, Kaol, no. Why didn't you just tell Selena that, like, the threat has been made to her life? Like, what's wrong with you? Why are you still, like, loyal to the king? Oh, no. A threat is made to her life. She dies. The rebel group's like, yeah, and he orchestrated it. And she was like, I hate you. Tries to kill Kaol. Dorian uses his magic to stop them. Yeah, we find out Dorian has magic. Y'all remember how the king banned magic? Oh, yeah. By the way, King Sun casually has magic. So he has magic. 
he stops the killing of his best friend using magic, even though he knows his best friend took his lover. Then we, what else happens? Oh my God, what else happened? Then we later find out, like Archer was like, oh yeah, by the way, I'm the one who killed Nehemia. It wasn't Kaol or the king. We did that. We needed her dead. She was trying to end what this rebel group stood for. Because honestly, according to Archer, who used to be like really good friends with Selena back in the day, according to Archer, he wanted to do some things that would jeopardize the like integrity of the kingdom. And it would like, it would have been bad. It would have been a bad mix. He was playing with bad things. Started playing with demons. A portal opens. We find out Selena is a fae. And when I found out that she was a fae, the way, ooh, the way. But the way, I literally just went, what? Excuse me, what? And then she had fire pa- And I was like, what in the airbending magic is happening? Like, huh? And then stupid Kale. First of all, why did Kale go through that portal to try to save Fleetfoot? Don't get me wrong. Fleetfoot, we love Fleetfoot. We need more Fleetfoot content. That dog is slowly disappearing into the series when that dog used to be the circle of everything in the middle of everything. And I really wish Selena would have been still taking her dog along the way. I'm sorry. Selena needs a cute little dog sidekick that comes everywhere. Like, come on now. Her, her little... Fleetfoot was amazing. Fleetfoot was always like, I'm not stepping anywhere because everywhere you're trying to take me is dangerous and I refuse. And that's the energy Selena needs in her life. Sometimes she needs someone who's like, hey, babes, where you're going is really dangerous and I need you to stop. And I get that the whole point and the reason why the story moves along is because she's willing to take these risks to find out the truth. But genuinely, genuinely, Someone every once in a while needs to go, hey, babe, hi, how you doing? Stop. Just stop. You know how many things would have not happened if it would have just been like, let's just stop. Like, one, when that portal opened, remember how we said, hey, there's another time that a dream happens and, you know, someone goes, yeah, Selena opened a portal, a portal to wherever people go when they die in this series. Because she went to see Nehemia. Nehemia literally appears and was like, don't do this again. What's wrong with you? Get it together. Because the next time this opens, I'm not going to be the one. I'm not going to be the one stepping through this portal. Goodbye. Forever. Deal with it. Deal with the fact that I'm dead. And she was just like, what? And she starts to cry. And she's like begging for her friend to come back. That's when Archer was like, oh, my God, finally. And then he was like, the book. I'm going to use this book. You use this book to open it because of, like, the word, like, whatever, word symbols or whatever. And, y'all, yeah. Back to the book, okay? This book literally does find you, and we find that out when Selena starts doing some digging in Throne of Glass. There's a book called, like, The Undead or something, and she said it was very, it was a very creepy moment, like, her first interaction with that book. I swear to God, she should have held on to that book. I don't know why she was so afraid of it. She pushed it aside, never looked back. And then when she needed it, the book came back around, right? Because, again, the book finds you. From the first time she saw how creepy that book was, she should have never been afraid and, like, ran from it. She should have instead embraced it and been like, let's do some digging. But that's not what she did. So, it is what it is. But what else? 
Oh my god, Dorian and his magic will forever be my favorite. Oh my god, Dorian's in love with the healer and air of fire. Yeah, we're just gonna skip right through. Crown of oh no, 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 no. So that's basically everything in Crown of Midnight. It just ends with like finding out who she really is, and the reader's like, oh my god, oh my screaming, crying, throwing up. And I will never forget that feeling of figuring out who she really is because, again, my roommate read the series before me and the way she would always be like, I love this character. I love this character. This character is amazing. I'm like, I've never met this character. And then all of a sudden, I was like, she is that character. She was like, yeah. Yeah. So that's how that ends. And then Kaol is like, oh my God, she's an assassin. I watched her kill Archer. I killed Kane for her. And like Kaol is going through the most emotional roller coaster. And it is like, dude, I love you so much because you understand your duty and you understand that sometimes you can't love in your line of duty, but he's still going to do whatever he can to protect the ones he loves, even though he's like, I can't be with you. That is why I like Kaol. He has an understanding that there is a line for what he can and cannot do because of his position. And he tiptoes around that line ever so carefully. But in Air of Fire, the man literally, again, back to why I think Kaol is gonna do, make a really big decision, because I know there's a lot of people who hate Kaol. From the TikToks that I've seen, I've just seen a few TikToks, they call him Kaol. I don't know why they call him Kaol. I can't wait to find out why we call him Kaol. Um, like kale like literally like the leafy green like I'm excited to find out but I know a lot of people hate him and I'm like I really think just from his actions and again you can't follow patterns in this book because this book doesn't really follow a pattern you start to see a pattern in people's people's behaviors and what they do and then it will completely 180 on you Sarah J Mass is really good at that she's really good at making like the biggest plot twist that still stay within the realm of who the character is. So like, so like Kaol literally being like, I love her and I want her to be safe, but you know, my line of duty. So then he just walks up to the king and goes, hey, let's send her to Wendland. I was like, what? And then you find out it's because like uh, the Fae people still have a group out there and she can literally just run away and be with the Fae and she'll be forever protected from the king by staying with the Fae. And so that's one of the ways where Kaol is literally like, I love her and I wanna be with her, but because of my line of duty, one, to the king, and two, because I wanna keep her safe and he's all about duty and honor, he's just like, send her away. I would rather lose her and know she's safe than keep her and like end up killing her. So that like, it's always these fun plot twists. Um, what else happened in Crown of Midnight? Crown of Midnight, it's like the ending is what really makes it. Like all along the way, her journeys and you're finding out things and you're finding out Nehemia orchestrated her own death. She has to kill Archer. Kaol is like, why'd you kill Archer? Like, I can't believe you're in a set. Like he's literally like, I will love her for whatever she'll be. And then like realizes like, hey, she really kills people. And he's just like, oh my God, she's an assassin. How could I ever love an assassin? And it's like, hey, I'll get it together. So then you like Dorian, but then Dorian still has his like, like just hitting puberty ways, like very young little boy, even though he's a full on like what, 18 year old prince. But actually I think he might be older than that. Cause Selena I think is the youngest of them. And she just turned 18. Assassin's Blade. 
if you look at my Goodreads, I rated the book a four stars because even though every part of it was so good, I thought about the book. I literally had to recover from how much I felt the book. It made me too sad. It genuinely, I'm a person who cries from TV shows and movies and books and stuff. I actually could not allow myself to cry because I could not live with the amount of betrayal and pain that Selena went through in her early life. So Assassin's Blade literally takes you back one year before she's captured as a slave. And throughout Throne of Glass, throughout Crown of Midnight, they're hint she's hinting like, I'm not even gonna think about who, who betrayed me, who, because she kept mentioning that her last mission as an assassin was a setup, it was a trap to get her captured by the king. And she was like, I think it might be a Robin, a Robin. Um, she keeps mentioning that like he, like she's his protege. Like he is the person who trained her to be the killer that she is. She's, he is the reason why she is such a great assassin. He is the reason for everything of who she is and what she became, what she became, and she owes her life to him. But he also has some really wicked ways, and you kind of see that when she's sword fighting with Kale, who's literally captain of the guard. You know, has the best of the best trainers, and he's like struggling to keep up with the girl. And she's even admitting, like, "Damn, he's a really good warrior." And she met. He was like, "How do you have the scar on your hand?" Or he, they were having a conversation about their training. And she was like, you see the scar right here? The way I learned how to uh, fight, how to use my left hand in a sword fight is because a Robin purposely broke my hand so that way I literally could not use it to fight anymore because I relied so much on my right hand when it came to like sword fights. And like that was his ways. And she was like, oh, I bet your trainers never did that. And he was like, no, we were just like forced to train with our left. like." no broken bones here and so like that's when you can kind of see like oh wow he really was an evil and wicked man who had some extreme measures to create the best killers in the world take it back to assassin's blade and you find out how much of a narcissistic crook he is and like it literally doesn't even make sense and the way that book broke me i'm going to just spoil the entire book of assassin's blade because i need to to this day i need to debrief what happened so assassin's blade is five different stories of selena's life and so the book opens as she's a 16 year old girl she's sitting in the keep uh where the assassins live and apparently it's this huge mansion and a Robin happily showers her with gifts and takes care of all her luxury needs. It opens up with her like being in a really cute lacy nightgown with a little robe over it, her nails done, hair looks nice, and she's in fluffy house slippers, and she's just like, she's always been aware she's the only woman here, so she always has like her eye out for the men around her because she's also the youngest in the house. Um, she gets into an argument because her favorite people, her favorite assassins, just found out they were murdered, and people couldn't go retrieve the bodies because their bodies are somewhere around the castle she's like i don't care i'm gonna go do it myself so that's starting to prove like how like relentless her spirit is like she doesn't take no for an answer if she wants it she does it and she knows she's amazing to the point where she's literally like i will go sneak around the castle you're an assassin that's your job you're supposed to be sneaky and you're supposed to be able to do anything with 
ease and quietness and all these things, you know, everything else in between. So she does it. And she retrieves the body to have a proper burial. And she's sent off to, what is it called? She's sent off to some pirates. So she's sent off to the pirate lord to what she was told by a Robin, which was get revenge for killing Ben, her favorite assassin, in the assassin's keep. So she's handing this pirate lord the letter and is like, yeah, so... uh, you owe us, you owe us money for killing our man and your men need to stay off our property and da 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 And then the pirate lord opens the letters and is like, you are playing jokes with me, right? This letter from a Robin actually is about a business deal, so I'll do it and y'all need to stop pushing me because turns out your master agrees with me that I didn't kill his men. And she was like, huh? Only to read the letter and find out, yo, a Robin actually sent them to go make slave deals. And so you find out from a very young age that Selena has always had a soft spot in her heart for slaves, because even before she was one, because after she was one the entire time in the books, every time she catches a glimpse of any slaves, she's heartbroken, she's hurt, she's upset that she's the only slave that escaped. But we see since she's very young that she's never liked slaves, she's never liked that people are forced into this life and so that story ends with her and sam basically becoming best friends and freeing 200 slaves um which completely dismantles a robin's trade it dismantles the pirate lord's uh money-making business because his entire way of making his most fortune was from slaves and she forced him to sign a letter like literally put a sword through his, to his throat and was like you either die or you're going to sign these letters saying you will never do a slave trade ever again in your life and anyone who even tries you and your men will go after them and kill them and like you have to sign that as like you're going to sign this and once you do like I'm sending this word out and so he was forced to do it because it was really like that or death I don't know if that was seriously such his business I don't know why he chose death I understand that like he had a bunch of men to look out for and so, like, I understand that, but, like, oh, she did say if she killed him, she would have signed it anyways. So, even if he would have died, damn. Yeah, anyway, so he signs it. A Robin, she goes back to the keep, and a Robin literally beats her until she's unconscious and makes Sam watch. And here we're starting to get the glimpses of the fact that, like, Sam is in love with her. And we've known this because throughout Throne of Glass, throughout Crown of Midnight, she keeps talking about the fact that she used to be in love. She loved one man before. And, like, playing this song on the piano reminds her of this love. But it's too painful to remember because she still has days where she flashes back to finding his dead body because someone had delivered it to her and it was part of the trap that got her caught and that's actually why she was caught as a slave was because she was going to revenge the killers of her lover and so we know this so we know that we're seeing her and sam interact but we know as they fall in love sooner or later sam's going to hit a fatal end that oh my god like even though you know it's coming you don't realize how much it's going to hurt you because there was a reason why he was doing what he was doing that got him caught and murdered. So 
she gets beat into a bloody pulp in front of Sam. A Robin forces him to watch because he knew that Sam was in love with her. She's forced to go to the Red Desert and get the Mute Master's um, approval before she can come back to the keep. And if she doesn't, a Robin was like, just pack your things and leave. Like, you have no place here because you completely ruined my business deal. That would have funded everyone's living expenses, even though like every time like a Robin, she also mentioned how like a Robin would like pay for her to get her nails done, pay for all these big luxurious gowns, pay for all this beautiful jewelry, pay for her to live in this mansion. But it wasn't for free. Every money she got from like every assassin deal where like people were literally again, she was an assassin. People were paying her to murder people. Whatever check she got from that, a Robin, a Robin took more than half of it. Because I was, quote unquote, going towards the debt that he was paying that they owed him since he was funding their lifestyles. So it was it it was slavery within itself. And so I think that's also another reason why she felt bad for uh, slaves, because she knew what it was like to not be free and be held against your will. And so she goes off to the Red Desert. Was this? Yeah. Was the Red Desert the third story? What was the first story? It was the pirate. Then, hold on, I need to look it up. Not people being like Throne of Glass or Assassin's Blade. Always read Throne of Glass first. Do not read Assassin's Blade. Pirate Lord. Oh, no. And then it was the healer. Okay, so on the way to the Red Desert, she meets the healer. Okay, yeah. So she's getting beat into a bloody pulp. So she's sent off to the Red Desert for the Mute Master. And on the way, she stops at a place called Inish and she meets this healer. I wanted more healer content because this is such a short chapter. And it almost seems, but it has connected back around in Air of Fire. It almost seems like this chapter or this short story isn't that important. And Sarah J. Mass is really good at doing that. She'll give you something that's almost like boring and dull but it comes full circle and connects. So basically, in this short story, we find out about a girl who's living a miserable life, who is literally the bartender to uh, this tavern, and she's just dealing with a bunch of drunk people every night, and she's broke as hell because every time she's like, time to collect her tips and wages for the night, her boss takes a cut of it because it's his in, his alcohol, and then charges her extra fees for some time for like stupid things like I forgot what it was but like he charges her like really really dumb fees and then the other bartender takes the rest of her paycheck so she's literally like left with just enough to buy food if that and the other girl takes that money saying like oh I'm the reason we get all these sales anyway because she's considered the pretty one and so like that's what the men do they come here for her looks even though she's literally not working and is literally just sitting on the laps of a bunch of men in this bar so she sees selena her and selena keep having this like little staring contest we're finding out more of the backstory of the healer how she used to be a healer her mom was a healer the king killed everyone with magic killed her mother so she was sailing off to a certain place with where all the healers like the like the top of the top healers go to learn everything that they need to know about healing people and being a healer without magic, like with and without magic. Um, and that's where she wanted to go study, but she ran out of money 
and that town. And so she got that job to make a little money to be able to go. And she said that she actually did make enough within a few, like a, the first few months of working there. But then she panicked because she was afraid that she was going to run out of money when she got to that place. And she basically just went hopeless, okay? She went down a rabbit hole and got hopeless. And so she stayed. And it led to her being there for a full year of working at that bar, literally in danger, like the slums, like literally slumming it out. And so Selena is still just so heartbroken. Her face is still black-eyed, cuts along her face, busted lips, all this. And she's just sitting there, and she's just so distraught from a Robin beating her, from not knowing what happened to Sam, because at this point we didn't know that Sam... Uh, if he was alive or not like as soon as she awoke like as soon as she was back to being conscious he was like hey you're leaving like you're done you're out and so she didn't know what happened to Sam and at this point she's starting to catch feelings for Sam and she's starting to be aware of them and so she's she's just distraught broken depressed and she's like I'm looking for a fight so she literally used to dress up and all her fancy jewelry and sit in that tavern waiting for someone to rob her because she knew the area she was in she was going to get robbed so she's sitting out there nothing happens she decides to go walk the streets as she's walking the streets the healer is like okay you know taverns closed let's just clean up for the night oh yeah another thing she gets wages taken from for literally putting like the leftover pieces of bread out in the streets for the rats her boss takes a cut of her paycheck because it because she didn't throw it away and instead gave it to rats for free. Like, joking, like literally the dumbest fees. So these men catch the healer out in the alley and they're like, yo, we wanna do something fun with you. And she's like, uh, no. And she tries to run, they grip onto her and it's very obvious like they're about to kill her, rape her, like all everything and above, like just horrible, horrible things. Cause it's one girl against, um, was it one guy or multiple men it was multiple men so selena walks through and is like oh my god a fight and so selena takes him down frees her helps her the men run off the well the ones that survived ran off i think it was like three of them and she teaches this healer like like how to take care of herself the healer is like hey let me patch you up let me stitch you up like explains her backstory to her and long story short she's able to defend herself against the next attack and selena literally forces her to defend herself and did not help her and let her figure it out and next thing you know we find out selena gave almost all of her money to this healer for her to be able to live out her dreams because selena didn't want to leave her hopeless which i was also like that's a turning point because one i love this healer and I wanna know more about her. And two, oh wait, we haven't gone full circle to this healer yet. We got full circle to the person in the next story. And two, from what we've seen, Selena's ruthless and doesn't care about people. She only cared about herself. This is the first time she did something nice and like not caring about herself because even with the whole pirate thing, yeah, you can be like, oh, but that's so selfless. She saved 200 slaves, but she was more doing it to take down, like, the slave trade. Like, it was still something for her. It wasn't a true act of selflessness. This was the first true act of selflessness that we started to see at that in that first book um, of, like, Selena being just, like, doing something for someone other than herself, 
truly doing something for someone other than herself and just being like, hey, I might be broke for the rest of my journey, but take this and just go. And that was that. The girl up and left, and that was that of the healer. Then Selena gets to the Red Desert, and it's basically shown as like a paradise with the mute master. Everyone's quiet. The master's son falls in love with her. She finds a best friend. She steals a horse, which is something is that is mentioned in, I think, Crown of Midnight, where she's like, oh, yeah, I stole an Asterian horse, which is apparently horses that are only like for royals. Like literally no other person can afford it except for royals. And you find this out in the Red Desert, how she stole the horse's with her friend Ansel and then they mentioned that Ansel has very very red hair she's a little ginger girly only to come to find out that Ansel has been lying about her backstory and why she got there I'm actually not going to ruin this one either because it's also my favorite part um so I'm not going to ruin too much of it but I am going to ruin like one of the the biggest ones but like you'll you'll still get to the miniature plot twist along the way but Ansel is like her best friend. Selena's like, oh my God, I finally made like an actual true friend. Next thing you know, turns out Ansel is a backstabber and Ansel planned an ambush of the Assassin's Keep in the Red Desert because there was this lord who kept trying to like kill the mute master and give his head to the king of Otterland, like the conqueror of the continent. And so she was like, she made a, she made a deal with that lord to get everyone killed and to give that Lord the Mute Master's head. And she was able to drug Selena and keep her and like get her out of the keep before the ambush happened. Cause that was her last act of like, you're my friend, stay out of this and I'm not letting you know, you know? But Selena went back on a gut feeling and was able to save everyone, save the Mute Master. Crazy things went on. You find out how two-faced Ansel really was. And so Selena literally was like, you have 20 minutes to leave after 20 minutes i'm shooting an arrow and if you're not out of shooting range the arrow is going straight through your throat tell me why selena saves the mute master and everything saves everyone she goes up to the rooftop she shoots an arrow it misses ansel literally by barely a hair and selena was like damn i only promised her one arrow i can't try again but then selena was like i also promised that i would shoot after 20 minutes I gave her 21 minutes. So Selena literally waited until she was completely out of shooting range so she wouldn't have to kill her friend, even though she fully betrayed her and backstabbed her. Um, and then turns out the mute master isn't mute. He said for some reason it became a conspiracy theory, so suddenly he just prefers to be mute because sometimes that's easier, but he can talk. And he gives Selena enough money to pay off her debt to a Robin because he was like, you saved my life. Let me pay off your debt. The assassins in the Red Desert will always be a home. You don't have to leave. You, d you don't have to keep running. And it was like, it's truly like a family there. While a Robin is like putting people against each other and basically having them murder each other. So I really wish she would have stayed and I really wish that's where it would have ended. But nope, she went back to a Robin. And what happens next? Yeah, then it's the underworld. Then a Robin is like, oh my God, I missed you. I'm so sorry. Starts showering her in expensive jewels and dresses and like a new expensive gift every day. And he's like, no debt. Like there's no debt. You just got to do this one thing for me. Selena sees Sam again and they start to rekindle it. And we're going to skip all those details, right? She starts to rekindle her bond with Sam, finds out what happened to Sam. We find out that uh, Sam's mother was a courtesan, aka a whore. And there's this theory 
that Sam's dad is a Robin because uh, a Robin does say like his favorite whore is Sam's mother. And so there's this running theory, but also I don't think it's true because here's where Meow. it hits the fan. So I'm going to blur the assassin of the and the empire and the assassin in the underworld just together and give the summary of those because that's when things really start to take a turn. A Robin has always put Selena as his protege, his next in line. She's going to be the queen of assassins one day because currently he's the king of assassins and like Sam is like second to her. So Selena's always first best, Sam, Sam is always second best. And so Selena finally is like, hey, A. Robin, this is nice and everything, and I know you're trying to apologize. And she still has a soft spot for A. Robin because like he saved her when she was a kid because he found her when she like literally lost everything, her family was murdered. And so I think she still has the soft spot in hoping that like he will be this person who loves her and takes care of her because he kind of has but he's done it in some really cruel ways it's literally like having a toxic parent he's like i'm so sorry hey can you also do this deal where you get to kill off this guy who's trying to bring the slave trade from rift hole to melissa melissa whatever something like that he's like hey if you kill him like this can end slave trade like you were right i'm so sorry i apologize blah 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 and so selena is kind of like, okay, cool. I guess he has had a change of heart, thank God. And he was like, hey, any profits you make off of this, you get to keep it. And she was like, oh my gosh, this is perfect because if she gets to keep these profits, she's gonna pay off her debt and she's gonna use those profits to like set herself good in life. She does it, she does this kill and she finds out, hey, just kidding, a Robin played you who you actually killed was the man who was trying to stop his ex-wife from bringing the slave trade from Melisande to Rifthold and doing just one, building one long road to make slave trade easier. And so when she thought she was doing something good and ending slavery, she just like ramped it up and helped the progression of it because she was told, hey, this is the man who's trying to do it. His ex-wife is trying to stop him when in reality, the ex-wife was trying to do it and the husband was trying to stop her. So she killed the wrong people. She got played by him. And that's when she was like, I'm moving out. I'm paying my debts. She pays her debts. And that's when we start to see like her and Sam move in together. She pays off Sam's debts. And this is where it gets creepy. This is why I'm like, I do not think Sam is a Robin's son because Sam starts to uh, starts to talk about, hey, let's move out of Rifthold. We've already paid off our debts. Let's leave the Assassin's Guild, which is another fee. Um, it's another really expensive fee like let's figure it out let's go make our own assassins guild like we need to live leave rift hold she's kind of like i'm not sure but she's like you know what i'm gonna do it for the love of my life sam i love you by this time they're already admitting to each other that they love each other they're doing the sweetest things they live together and literally oh my god this is so creepy that's when we start to see so they take on so they go and they ask like hey can we leave the assassins guild and a robin According to Selena, because we're not given a price because like they do payments in like gold, silver and copper coins. And we never really get an understanding of what these prices mean. Selena said that a Robin asked for the price that is in her bank account 
that would have been everything in her bank account plus her selling her current apartment that she uses to like be free and be on her own from the Assassin's Guild. And so she was like, a Robin had, had to have had his little like hunches or hunchmen or whatever, figure out how much money she has and that is why he's asking for this much because it would perfectly wipe them out and put them at literal zero. And so she just agrees to it. She doesn't even try because she just wants to get away from him. She realizes it's a toxic environment. He's a horrible and toxic person. So to, in order to make up this money so they can pay off the Assassin's Guild and be able to go on the other side of the continent to make their own guild where they wouldn't be in competition to a Robin or any other Assassins, they take on a client, the crime lord of Rifthold, apparently. And multiple people have tried killing them and no one has ever been successful. A Robin finds out about this and he's like, what is wrong with you? Why are you doing this? There's a reason why they're paying you that much. There's a reason why, like, this is going to be the most money you've ever made in one killing. Like, are y'all crazy? Blah, 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 blah. And Selena is just like, get out. We're still doing it. I don't know how you found out, but of course you found out. Just like, leave, right? Leave my apartment. I hate that you even found your way in here. That's when Selena starts to mention that a Robin was in love with her. And she was like, oh, she she mentioned like three different traits, but she said like the last one was like the lover, the one that never shone, which I find weird because he found her when she was eight. I think uh, I think he was like 23 or something like that. Like there's a huge age difference between them. Like she's not even 18 yet. And he's like close to 40 I think he was like 36 and she's not even 18 yet she's still 17 and so that's why I was like that's so creepy and he's just like starts to mention how like in love he is with Selena long story short Sam is like okay I take out this person and you take out this person because there's like two people who go hand in hand within like the crime lords so Sam's like I'm gonna take out this guy you're gonna take out this guy we're gonna do it separately watch we have each other's back and then we're leaving Rift hold as long once that money hits her account come to find out it was a trap Sam fell right into the trap a Robin is like literally at the apartment door because Selena went out all night looking for him because it was literally like 24 hours past the time that Sam said, like, if I'm not back home at this time, like, be worried for me. And she sees a rob, but she's just like, ain't no way, ain't no way. Because at that point, she knew by seeing a Robin on the couch. And he's just like, I'm so sorry. They thought he still lived at the keep. So they delivered his body there. And she was like, take me to see him. And then the description of his body. So the crime lord that he was assigned to kill was the crime lord who enjoyed torturing people. He literally pulled out his eyeballs, he cut up his body, he broke every finger, and Selena always explained how like he was trained how to torture someone without killing him, without killing the person, and that Selena had to have that same training too, to be an assassin. And so she knows the torture and pain that Sam went through. It is so sad because there's even a moment where they can't afford the nice luxuries anymore. So Selena has this very expensive lavender soap and she kept telling Sam, don't use my expensive lavender soap. Like it's the few luxuries that I have. And so she hid the soap from him so he wouldn't use her expensive lavender soap anymore. And when she went to hug his dead body, dead tortured body, she mentions, oh my God, I smell the cheap soap on him that I put out so he would stop using my lavender soap. And I'm so selfish that I couldn't even allow him 
to use my lavender soap anymore. And it's this really big point in the story. And it's the saddest thing in this book. Like, literally will make you cry. Like, that part was so sad. So, Selena gets so pissed. She is like, I'm going for revenge. I'm going after the people who killed him. And she's like, I'm doing it single-handedly. And the bodyguard, you hear throughout the first book that the bodyguard for a Robin, this evil, toxic parent slash lover, um, he he hates her. He hates Selena. And so when he sees that Selena has literally snuck out, was given the details of how they were planning to get, like, apparently there was like a whatever i'm skipping that part you can read it for yourself so selena like gets the details of how they're gonna like get this guy back so she's like i'm gonna go do it myself they gave me all the details this is perfect and like the bodyguard literally stops selena is like hey can't you tell this is a trap like what's wrong with you she doesn't listen to him she just knocks him out he keeps going when she gets captured was when she was like oh crap wesley was trying to tell me that this is a trap damn i'm 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 in a trap I'm sorry, but I truly need to reiterate because I can tell by this time I was tired and burning out. This girl went right into a trap, realized she was in the trap after she's been captured and went, damn, someone was really trying to warn me about a trap. Like, Miss Ma'am, Miss Ma'am, is she, ugh, whatever. I want so much better for Selena, but sometimes she's really just stupid. She is just so dumb. She gets caught by the Royal Guard and is shipped off. And then we finally get to see for real this time that a robin did betray her and that is the reason why she became a slave and it is the saddest thing to see and my heart literally breaks because there's even a point where sam is like we have all the time in the world don't worry because it was getting to the point where they're like should we get sexual should we go past like all the other stuff that we've done together the kissing the it's implied that it's like oral sex and fingering and all this um but he's like, should we go past that? Like, I don't know. This is really intense. This is really fun. And she never does it. And he's like, oh, it's fine. We have all the time in the world, only for him to die. And we knew he was going to die, but their love was so intense. It was so beautiful. And the reason why they even took on this dangerous client was to run away together, to live a life together. And that is just, ah, it literally could make me cry. Oh, yeah, and so then a Robin, again, back to a Robin being creepy. So then the crime lord was like, hey, thanks. I owe my new crown to you, so I no longer have to be second to, like, the actual official crime lord. Um, but why'd you, why'd you, like, trade her lover for, and for her to become a slave? Like, aren't you going to ambush the cart now so she doesn't become a slave? And he's just like, nah we could go save her and that's what she's thinking in the cart like from her point of view you keep saying like a robin's coming to get me any second now any second now and even the crime lord is like hey thanks for my new crown i know you helped me but aren't you going to go get like your number one girl and he's just like no nah, i'm not going to help her i really don't feel like it and he's like but that's so easy like you don't have to take her out of the castle gates anymore just like ambushing the carriage taking her you could get that done in a few seconds like, why'd you even sell her out to the king anyways? And he, and why'd you have her lover killed? And he literally was just like, I don't like sharing what's mine. And so you see how, like, ugly and disturbing and disgusting that a Robin is. And I hope he dies. I want someone to just kill him. I'm waiting for someone to kill him. And it really pains me that Selena is still holding on to this whole, like, I'm not even thinking of who 
like she keeps like she knows she knows he did it but she keeps telling herself like i'm not even going to think of that because i don't want to think of like who sold me out of who's the reason why i became a slave because she still looks up to him knowing he's evil knowing he's a horrible person knowing he's toxic knowing that like he's in love with her and can't have her so he acts the way he acts and she's still like but he still took care of me he still found me as a kid he still helped keep my identity secret all this years and so like she still has this love for him as you would like love a parent and so it's really creepy it's really weird and it's really toxic but on to air of fire so selena's powers she's being trained okay she's being trained there's rowan and this is the book that i have the most thoughts on um first of all i really feel like here's my predictions selena's the third word key i say this because in the beginning uh, there's a symbol that burns on her head after she wins the championship and the king is like oh that symbol means something along the lines of anonymous or nameless and then Selena mentions oh if I go off to Maeve who uh, is my aunt who is Faye she can maybe help me find the word keys including the nameless one and I'm like she's the third word key and my roommate keeps telling me that she's not but I'm still gonna hold on to that theory because I'm like what if she's just saying that so she doesn't like accidentally ruin the book for me I think Selena is the third word key because like no one can figure out what the symbol on her forehead means but they keep saying like it's her destiny it's her fate something or maybe she's not the third word key and actually that symbol was just like meant something along the lines of like it's your destiny to find this key or like you're the answer to the key like you're the answer to find the key i feel like those go together but we're about to find out um oh yeah the whole like connecting back we just discovered that so oh my god so selena met a merchant who was talking about spider silk and so that's how we got to understand that to get spider silk it is the strongest uh it's the strongest fabric it literally is like bulletproof it's unbreakable it is the most valuable piece of fabric in all of the world but the only way to get it is to literally go to the spiders who make it who are like demon-sized spiders who can talk and you can't pay them for it instead you have to give them something valuable like your firstborn child 20 years off your life it's not money, it's literally of value to you. And even the spider, oh my God, the spider was so creepy. But Manon is this witch that we meet in Air of Fire, who first of all has this cute little wyvern named Abraxos, and Abraxos like actually saved her life. And that is why Abraxos is there. And I, my heart, Abraxos, he he is everything because he literally fought his way up and that was actually the first part of the book that made me cry was because she mentions how Manon actually wanted the biggest uh the biggest wyvern that they had available because the witches were starting to pick their own wyverns to ride and learn to train with and she wanted the biggest one well one of the evil heirs to another witchy throne pushed her into the pit so the wyvern that she wanted was about to kill her but they have this little bait bats is bait wyverns in there ready to like what's it called literally basically 
there as bait for the bigger wyverns that they were auctioning off just so they can show how they attack, how they fight and this and that. And so literally like his teeth were removed, his spikes were removed, like everything that he would use to protect himself was removed. Somehow this and the bait wyverns were always the runs of the litter, right? Y'all tell me why this little runt was able to kill the biggest wyvern. And then Manon just went, yeah, you're mine. Like, this is, because that was impossible. Like, he shouldn't have been able to kill the biggest and strongest wyvern there was. It was literally like David versus Goliath moment. And, of course, the little runt won. And he won his freedom in doing so. And he won a rider. And he no longer was like... Just they also said like he was the longest survivor because again the bait wyverns are there to die within a few months, if not weeks. They're not meant to survive, but he did. He survived all those years, and so now he's a warrior. And she always mentions how he has a warrior heart and all his scars, his rotten teeth, the no fangs, the no tail, like no claws, is all because he is a fighter. And this wyvern fights for Manon the same way she fights for herself and she will go to the ends of the world for him and their bond is beautiful and I bring up the spider silk because he has holes in his wings from being bait and so she needs spider silk to patch it up because it's the only material strong enough to patch up his leathery wings y'all tell me why she goes to the cave of the spiders and this is the last chapter that I finished off on and she's just like the spider was like hey I want your beauty because taking a few years off of your life doesn't mean anything because you're immortal. Like witches live for 500, 600, sometimes a thousand years. They're like Fae where you're not technically immortal, but you're basically considered immortal because I guess you keep like you don't die unless you're killed basically or you age really slowly. I'm not I take I've understood it in the sense of like you don't die until you're killed or I can see that it's just like you age very slowly so you can live up to like 2,000 years or something like that. So the spider was like, I can't take years off your life. If you were immortal, that would make sense if I would ask for 20 years of your life because then 20 years of your life is just gone and that's a lot for you because you're even lucky if you live to 100. But as an immortal, you're, that doesn't matter. So I want your beauty. I want your youthful beauty. I want your beautiful hair, your beautiful eyes, your beautiful hair. And Manon knows she's pretty. She talks about it a lot. She talks about how she's like a very, very, very beautiful witch. And she knows she has like insane beauty that is sometimes a weapon. And tell me, like everyone talks about how Selena mentions that like these spiders are dangerous. People don't fuck with these spiders. These spiders will like literally kill you. They eat people for fun. But here's the thing. Man is a witch. She also eats people for fun. Like, that is what she enjoys. And in fact, the overseers who look after her wyvern are humans. And she even talks about how, like, the fact that she can see their veins and their throats, like, she has to stop herself because she doesn't need blood to live. But then she also says something along the lines of, like, uh, they don't, witches don't need blood to survive. But humans also don't need wine to survive. And that's basically like what blood and eating humans are for witches is like a human wanting to drink a glass of wine where you don't want it, but you enjoy it or you don't need it, but you enjoy it. Um, <laughs> and so I guess she was just like 
she was just who needed to take on these spiders because tell me why she perfectly orchestrated robbing the spiders of spider silk like fully got abraxos to push him off a cliff as they screamed she hopped on her wyvern she hopped on abraxos and flew off and the next chapter is going to talk about like patching up his wings so i'm kind of excited to see how the whole spider thing plays out but coming back to connecting the full circle moments tell me why one of the spiders were actually talking about how the wind whispers about how there is a girl with wine red hair who has taken up the throne back in some back in the wastelands which is where the queen is from and ansel the girl who betrayed selena in assassin's blade Remember how I told y'all, like, they describe her as having, like, really deep red hair, beautiful ginger. She kept talking about how she was only there at the Red Desert to learn how to fight so that way she can go back home to the wastelands to claim her crown. And so now we get an update of what Ansel's doing. She's claimed her crown, but the witches are coming for it. Like, that is what they're preparing for. They're preparing to help the king, and then they're preparing to go home to claim their lands, which, another prediction. I think the king is tricking the witches because so far the king is like, hey, help me find this army. Help me beat these people. And then you can take all these wyverns, go back to your land and do whatever the hell you want. And I really don't care. I, I think there's going to there's some he's going to be like, it's the remix. And it's not going to be what he told him was going to happen. And so I think the king is going to. It's not 1000 percent going to be taken back his word, but it's not going to be what he originally said it would be so kind of excited to see that but that's where I am in the throne of glass series I've been talking for an hour and 30 minutes but I am so passionate about this book series because it did exactly remember how at the beginning of this podcast I said the reason why I went to my roommate and went hey I need a book is because I needed to distract myself from life because I could go down rabbit holes and spiral myself into depression this book series has done that every single day this is all I think about is this book series and then my career and what I'm doing with my life and how I'm making money come second. When before, <laughs> it, you literally used to be like, my career, how am I going to make money? I'm so sad. My life is depressed. And then everything that was fun to me. And so it is nice to like have something that I get like lost mindlessly. And there's always something occupying space in my mind. And I'm not just going down rapid holes of content. So that's nice. Anyways, y'all, I think we're going to end this right here. Um, I can't believe I did a very long podcast episode, although I'm pretty sure y'all are going to enjoy it. Who else is? Okay, so y'all know how everyone has been like, oh, because of TikTok, like attention spans are shortening. People only want to watch short form content. I honestly think that's for like kids. I honestly think that is only true of little kids because who else has noticed like the change to long form content on YouTube, podcasts, even TikTok has like that 10 minute option. Although you don't see a lot of 10 minute videos, but most likely because when you're on TikTok, you don't want to watch a long video. You want to watch something short, sweet, cute. Um, but I'm really enjoying the long form content and I enjoy making long form content. And I'm really loving the switch. I'm truly loving the switch. So that's just that. Also, I don't know who needs to hear this, but say your lucky girl affirmations. Say your lucky person affirmations. They work. Recharge your crystals, burn some incense, and have a good fucking day. Anyways, I'm off to go get tatted. 
yeah that's it that's that but my tummy hurts i gotta go i think i also swallowed one of my hairs because i can feel a hair at the back of my throat that's what i get for playing my hair while recording this i love you guys